Hey, welcome to Home Group. This is Rick Renner. And today I'm here with Maxine Mastikoff and Sister Denise. And we are so glad to be with you. And you know, Jesus said, where two or three of you are gathered together, he'll be in the midst. He never said we had to be in the same room. He just said we had to be together. So we're together and you're with us and Jesus is here and Jesus is there. And Lord, we welcome you to this home group. We ask you to minister to us, to give us what we need so we can be more effective for you in Jesus' name, amen. But you know, Denise, we're always so glad when people reach out to us for prayer. And I want to tell you that if you need prayer, we want you to reach out to us. I think you know by now that we're very serious in our ministry when it comes to prayer. One day I was walking through the Tulsa office and one of the women that work in the prayer ministry is named Cassie. Wow, she is quite a prayer warrior. And Cassie said, this is the place where miracles happen. Talking about our partner care prayer ministry. And Denise, it really is a place where miracles happen every day. And if you need miracle, there's a miracle waiting for you. It's got your name on it. Just call us or reach out to us and we'll release our faith for God to work in your life. But Maxime, welcome to Home Group. I'm excited to be here. Hello, friends. And Denise, so glad you're here. Thank you and Home Group, welcome. We're excited to be with you. You know, January is a month of the year when people often are just tired because they did everything they had to do in December all the parties they went to, all the church events they went to, then they had to get ready for cooking dinner and buying all the gifts. And then when it was all over, then before you know it, it was New Year's. And then New Year's, it starts all over again. And for us, it's a little different because in Russia, we kind of have a confusing calendar. We have the old Christmas and we have the new Christmas. We have the current New Year and the old New Year. You know why? Because in 1917, when the rest of the world moved to a new calendar, the Russian Orthodox Church religiously stayed on the old calendar, but secularly, Russia moved to the new calendar. So suddenly, Russia had two calendars. I'm telling you the truth. Which is why the October Revolution, the October Revolution is celebrated on November the 7th. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, does it? Well, originally it happened in October, but the calendar changed. And what was October became November the 7th. Well, likewise, Western Christmas became December 25th, but Russian Christmas remained on January the 7th. And hey, that's not all. We have the same New Year's you have, but Russia also celebrates the old New Year's. When our kids were growing up, they loved this about Christmas because it meant they got to celebrate Christmas twice. But for us, there's a lot of activities in January because of all these multiple holidays. And maybe you're feeling a little wiped out like, wow, I am ready to get back to schedule. I could use a new gust of wind in my sails. Well, that's what we're going to talk to you about tonight. So let's go to the book of Philippians chapter one. And when you come to Philippians chapter one, verse 12, the apostle Paul tells us where he is. And he says, but I would, you should understand brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel. And then he says in verse 13, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in the palace and in all other places. So Paul is in prison and we know that he is in the palace prison. And that particular palace prison 
was one of the worst prisons in the entire Roman Empire. In fact, that particular prison was so severe that the people who were put there normally never got out of there. They just died there. They rotted. They weren't even fed. They were called useless eaters. Why feed them? They're going to die anyway. It was a horrible, horrible place for Paul to be. And naturally speaking, it just looked like he had run out of steam. And this was the end of the road for the life of the Apostle Paul. But something happens pretty exciting down in verse 19. And in verse 19, he says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. When he says, I know that this, he's talking about his predicament. I know this predicament that I'm in is going to turn to my salvation. But in this particular case, it's not talking about eternal salvation. It's talking about deliverance. I'm going to get out of this mess. That's literally what he's saying. You know, sometimes faith has to make a choice what it sees, what it thinks, what it believes. And Paul says, I'm going to get out of this mess. This situation is going to turn out for my deliverance. And then he says, why? Through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Well, we know that he had just got a letter from the Philippians because he refers to it in chapter 4. So let's go over to chapter 4. And in chapter 4, he says this in verse 14, Notwithstanding, you've well done that you did communicate with my affliction. You know what the Philippians did? They sent him an offering when he was in this prison. Now you might say, wait, 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 wait. If he's in a prison that bad, how could he get an offering? because he was a Roman citizen. And Roman citizens, when they were put in prison, had an official account. People could put money in the account so that if you get out, you'll have something to start over with again. And Paul received a letter stating that the Philippian church had made a deposit in his account. Honey, think how encouraging that must have been. I mean, he probably thought the whole world had forgotten him. He had communication with nobody, and suddenly he gets a letter stating that the church of Philippi is not only praying for his release, they're so believing for his release, they've put money in his account, which means they're really expecting him to get out, and they're providing the money for him to get moving again as soon as he's been liberated. And that just brought such strength and encouragement to him. It is so powerful when you find out somebody's praying for you, you know, for our ministry, to find out that you support us, that is so very encouraging to us because we're doing everything we can to do the will of God. And when you put gas in the tank to help us do the ministry, it helps us to know we're not doing this thing by ourselves. It is just so powerful. And that's what happened to Paul. He said, wow, you put gas in the tank, you put money in my account. I know I'm coming out of this place because you guys are praying for me. And that's what he says in chapter one. So go back there. And he says in chapter one, verse 19, for I know that this situation I'm in is going to result in my release or in my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the spirit of J Jesus Christ. They were praying for him. He said, wow, I'm not in this by myself. The Philippians are praying for me and they're even putting money in the account. They're releasing their faith. And then he adds, and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. 
The word supply that is used here is a very technical word that was used first in a very important way. And in Greek, it is the word epi, koregio. The word epi means on behalf of. The word koregio is where we get the word choreography. It's also where we get the word for a chorus. And you can imagine it's connected to the world of the theater. It's connected to music, orchestration, dancing, theatrical productions, the word koregio. But when you compound it together with the word epi, it really describes a gift given on behalf of the choir, a gift given on behalf of the choral presentation, a gift given on behalf of the theatrical performance. Well, to know why Paul would use that word, you have to go back to where it was first used. And I just researched this this week. This word was first used, the earliest known usage, to describe a moment when there was a big theatrical, choral, musical performance that had trained and trained and trained and trained and trained, and finally it was time for the show to go on the road. And they ran out of money. I mean, they were flat broke. And the director came and said, the show is finished. I know you have given your all. You've given all your strength. All of your dreams were in this, but we don't have any money, and therefore we're not able to perform. And as they were all packing up their bags, despondent, getting ready to go home, the show was over, a wealthy man, a benefactor, heard about how hard they had prepared. He heard that they were just getting ready to perform when they ran out of steam. They ran out of funds. And he was so moved by their dedication and by the fact that they didn't have the funds to perform that he came and Epi Corregio, he gave a contribution on behalf of the choir. And what he gave was so lavish that it empowered them to perform, and the show was back on the road again. And after that, this first usage of the word Epi Corregio, this word came to always describe a lavish, lavish furnishing of something a lavish supply, something over the top. And now Paul uses this word to say, I know I'm going to get out of here, number one, because of your prayers. You guys are praying for me. And number two, because the Holy Spirit has stepped forward and he is my wealthy benefactor. And he has made a lavish supply of the Spirit to me. It looked like the show was over. It looked like I had no more steam, no more energy to go any further. And naturally speaking, really, it was time to shut the curtains on this show. But suddenly the Holy Spirit stepped forward, refilled me, re-empowered me. And what he gave to me is so lavish. It is just immense what he has given to me. And suddenly I am re-empowered and this show is back on the road again. That is literally what Paul is saying in this verse. That is amazing. And notice how lavishly Christ has supplied this infilling of the Spirit. Look at the next verse. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be what? Magnified. Magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, he is so filled with the Spirit. He says, Christ is magnified in me. It's like he's been filled to the brim. 
clear to the ends of his fingertips. He has everything he needs. And against the odds, he came out of that prison. He came out and he continued his ministry. Now, the reason I felt led to share this with you right now is because I know that some of you are just tired. It's been a big month in December, a big month in January. It's like you've hit the new year running and you could just use a second wind to keep moving. Well, maybe you need to take a break and take a little rest. But while you're taking a rest, why don't you just say, Jesus, you are my wealthy benefactor. And I need you to step forward and refill me with the Spirit. Magnify yourself in me until you fill me to the brim. Help me to get this show back on the road again. You know what? Many people are filled one time with the Spirit. That's not enough. If you read Acts chapter 2, you find that Peter and John were filled with the Spirit in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Did you know that when you get to Acts chapter 4, it says they were refilled. That's just two chapters later. (laughs) It says Peter and John being filled with the Spirit right then at that moment. And if you are at a place where you feel depleted, then you need a fresh supply. And Jesus is the wealthy benefactor. And he comes to you with his arms wide open. And he says, hey, you need strength. You need fullness. Look what I have. And as your benefactor, he brings to you a fullness of the Holy Spirit to refill you. And I'll give you a story from my own life. Many years ago, we were at a really rough financial place in our ministry. And it was time to make TV payments for us to broadcast our program all over the lands of the former Soviet Union. And guess what? I didn't have any money. Didn't have any money. And I knew if I didn't make our payment, then we were going to go off the air. And all of those people who were sitting at home waiting for that signal to come into their darkness suddenly was going to be gone. And I flew to the city of Moscow to meet all the TV directors who had come to meet me. I'll never forget, I met the top of the hotel in Turist at a restaurant that was way up on the top to meet with these TV directors. And they all came ready to collect money. And I came into that meeting, it was in the dead of winter, and I didn't have any money. And I began to cry, and I didn't want to cry in front of those men. So I said to my associate, you stay here, I need to, I need to go out for a while. So I walked out, walked out on Tverskaya Street, went under the underpass, came up on the other side, and back in those days, they were just digging the big hole for Ahatnirad. They had found a big bridge that had been built by Ivan Grozny, and they were excavating it, and there was a rail there, and it was about 12 o'clock at night by now. And I leaned against that rail, freezing cold. I can still remember the wind blowing across me, crying in the middle of that cold, looking down in that hole, thinking about how I kind of felt like that hole, like this was the bottomless pit. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I just looked up to heaven, and I said, Lord, you've got to do something to help me. Lord, it's not about me. It's about these people that are waiting for this teaching to come into their homes. And I'm telling you, it is like the heavens opened. It is like the heavens opened and Jesus poured liquid power inside me. And by the time that I was finished, 
I was no longer leaning against the rail crying. I was re-energized. It was divine. Instantly. I was re-energized. I was filled with faith. I had the supernatural steam I needed to keep going. I went back across the street up to the top of that building where they were still waiting on me and declared to them by faith that we'd be making a payment in just a few days. I didn't know where the money was going to come from, but I had such an injection of power and faith that I was able to handle it. Denise, think how many times God's done that for you and how many times the Spirit has refilled you, Maxime. And there you are at home. It's been a big December, big January. Now you're going into February, and in February there's already so many things. Valentine's Day and all those events are coming up. So much is on the way. And rather than just struggle through it physically, you just need to put things on pause and say, Holy Spirit, I need you to give me your divine supply. And he really will give you a divine supply. And we're going to pray for you to receive it right now, right now. So I want you to put your hand on your heart. Let's put our hands on our heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. Lord, we know you have everything that we need, whether it's finances or healing or wholeness, restoration of relationships or power to continue, power to continue. And rather than just push forward in our own strength today, we come to you and we ask you to be our great benefactor. We ask you to come with the fullness of the Spirit in your hands and that you would refill us, refill us, refill us right now with all the divine energy and steam we need and an injection of faith so that we can move forward, not struggling to do it, but moving forward with anointing and confidence and power in the Holy Spirit. Now, my friend, I want you to take it by faith. Just take it. And while you're taking that by faith, remember the prophetic word the Lord gave us for this year, that the year 2023 will be filled with divine surprises, divine provision, and divine revelation for those who will receive it. Right now, just say, Father, I receive divine surprises. I receive divine provision. I receive divine revelation. I take it by faith. Take it. It's for those who will receive it. Amen. Well, Denise, I've talked the whole time and home groups up, but my heart was just filled with this. So thank you for letting me speak to you. And Maxime, I'm glad you were here to listen. <laughs> Denise, I'm glad you were here to be with me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Maxime, thank you thank so you. much. Home group, we love you. And please let us know if you just got refilled with the Spirit. Let us know how we can pray for you. We are here for you. We love you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.